This is Colossus, and you are listening to The High Regard Show. The High Regard Show. It's... It's all coming back! Check out The High Regard Show. New episodes every Monday. Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is the High Regard Show. In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on the third floor. Moving on up. Oh, it don't get better than that. No, sir, it doesn't. But imagine if it was. Uh, welcome to the show, I know. <laughs> what are we talking about? You'll never know. Oh, yeah. It's probably something to do with the microphone, I'm thinking. Maybe. Could Maybe it, it is. Could it be, I think? Oh, yeah. This is a 90% chance. You're getting old hat with this microphone bullshit of yours, Tom. So, hello, everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome to the show. This is, what, number 104 now? No, I think it's like 102. No, it's definitely not that. How do you not know what number show we are? We're at 104. We're not at 104. We're definitely not at 104. That's probably something we should have researched before we even started the show, but... <laughs> Smooth move, Ferguson. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Will you make some conversation while I double-check our facts? Because we are not fake news here at the High Regard Show. We may not be experts, but we certainly are not fake news. Yeah, there's definitely a, a line between fake news and just, I don't know, it's probably close, which is what we usually do. Because, you know, we're not experts so you're gonna have to just deal with it if you don't like our word for it go listen to somebody else's word for it exactly and we are on show numero 102 like i said really man i don't understand like how i lost two weeks Uh, you just live in your own little little world of tom tom apparently so (laughs) but in this world there's a lot going on in this world right now yeah definitely without a doubt so um, why don't we get into this week's You Heard? I would love that. And then we can continue onward. You heard? This week's You Heard comes to us from my personal Starbucks on the corner of Nassau and Liberty Streets in Fidei. And I overheard the people behind me talking, and he said, he's from London. He wears his socks up to his knees. That's only a London thing? I didn't think that that's like a thing. Like, that seems to me like a dad thing. I was going to say, that's like a dad slash grandpa thing. Yeah. Which is why I refuse to wear high socks, which will make me never be a good dad by the time it's all said and done. <laughs> because I will not. I will not bow to fashion. <laughs> to dad fashion. That's it. When all when people start associating blue jeans and black t-shirts with dads, it's time for me to change my entire uniform at that point. I wonder who the most famous person to wear like a black t-shirt and jeans. I, I mean. Aside from me? Aside from you, yeah. I Hank mean, Moody. Jerry Garcia comes to mind as well. Oh, like, that's no. the first thing that I think of when I don't think of you, you know? Really? Not Hank Moody. No, not Hank Moody. Really? See, that's what I always think of. I think when I think of Hank Moody, I think of like a With Porsche. A jacket, of course. A, a jacket, a Porsche, and then getting punched in the face. Like, Good that's Lord. what I think. <laughs> All right, I don't want to be associated with Hank Moody, being that is like your first thoughts on him. Well, the Porsche <laughs> I could take. The punch in the face, I don't need any more bumps and bruises. Thank you very much. Well, they didn't call it fucking and punching for nothing. That is true. And that's this week's You Heard. Well, you're very clever tonight. I am. You know what it is? It's just sheer, utter fucking exhaustion. I know. And you know what's weird? We are on the same horrific 
insomnia trip right now. Oh my God, the insomnia. Like we just had like one late night and it just like, just snowballed for the rest of the week. You see why we should never, ever go out. This you understand why. why we should never go out. But when we do go out, we do make it count now, you know? I guess. And I think last week really did count, especially for you. It was like a little bit like Christmas. It did. It definitely did count for me because... Well, tell the kids all about it, Tom. Well, all right, kids. Here's a story. <laughs> From your dad with knee-high socks just sitting here waiting to tell you about his man crush. <laughs> the only person that, well, there's two people that Tom would leave me for. There's, and, and I'm okay with it. I'm totally okay with except for the one. Like, I don't I understand you, how to one. I don't understand. I know, because I think, you'd go, like, I think you'd come crawling back eventually. No. But <laughs> I don't think I'd want your d- disease-riddled whatever your junk would be <laughs> by that. Shut up. <laughs> So who are the two, huh? Well, the first one is Brie Olson. Of course. Former porn star Brie Olson. Yes. And now cat aficionado and Wait, what? online celebrity. Because she's always posting pictures of her cat. Not the one that we're all so used to seeing from Brie Olson, <laughs> just like our pet cat. I was like, wait, I'm going to need to make a comment about this. And I, I really knew it was coming. hope I knew he it was pauses coming. long enough for me to like get some kind of pussy comment in there <laughs> and i feel like that's the gag like whenever she puts pictures of her cats up like i feel like it's just an ongoing gag like it, it's it's just so you know so, so obvious like it's if it was brie olsen showing her dogs around like that i think people would be like eh, boring i hate cats but when brie olsen shows a cat it's kind of like reels and show it again <laughs> it's making me think of what i used to see her do whatever mm, whatever and the other one mr adamant the one and only the one and only Stuart goddard that is right <laughs> just you know taking a break from his london home to come here to the united states to put on a show for us just us. It felt like it was just us. It felt us. like it was just us because we had real good seats. And we don't usually get really good seats. In fact, I was telling you, I think this was probably the best concert that we had seats to that I have ever been to. Like, I've never been closer in seats. I've been, like, standing shows, I've been, like, on the stage. You know what I mean? Like, right. where I'm, like, leaning up on the stage and, you know, like, listening to stuff. Never have I sat in an audience in the third row from the stage like we did for yeah. Adamant. And that was all you're doing. I know. I'm good. You're lucky. You are a lucky, lucky boy. I know. Sometimes this is what sometimes, it is. Just sometimes? Sometimes this is what it is. I've <laughs> sat, I sat close sometimes, but... It was like really, really pricey. Like, I mean, it was just like a lot of it was just stupid concerts. But I think like there's been a handful of times where like I've been like fifth row or up. And a lot of times it was when I was getting comp tickets for being like a music writer. Right. So I'd go and like review shows and I was often alone. So like you get better seats, especially as a journalist, when it's just you. But like sometimes, you know, they would give you two tickets or something like a plus one but like a lot of times like big shows i would just get one so i'd go to these concerts by myself and i was in the second row for kanye west which was just bullshit (sighs) and it was like he came on like an hour and a half late it was just so annoying and how about that time you saw guns and roses and how late was it that night oh my god (laughs) yeah guns and roses didn't even start until like 11 30 that night (sighs) and i had to be at work the next day because we were on deadline so i was like I think I stayed until like 1230. I miss like most tricks. I'm like, I have to be up at like six in the morning. Like this is bullshit. Yeah. And also with Guns N' Roses, they probably should have been on stage at nine. So I'm guessing between nine and 1130, there was nothing but angry concert people. Oh, yeah. It was <laughs> it was rough. And like I actually there's been like there's people that like I talked to on Facebook that I met that night who were sitting next to me and we just like started bitching and then talking about music and stuff. And we still will be like, oh, we'll like each other's like music pictures and stuff. Mm. So that's that. nice that you have a nice little club. I do. Love I going do. on. I do. Well, unfortunately, we did not get passes for this concert. We you bought not. the VIP experience. I did. You went all out. I did go all out because it was for my baby's birthday or Christmas. I think it was for Christmas. 
Yeah, I think it was Christmas. I think it might have just been because it was coming and that's what we did. I don't know. No, I thought it We've was We've had these tickets Christmas, for like a really but, long time, but yeah. it was at Beacon Theater, which the more I'm there, the more it's like my favorite venue in the city. I think it is definitely my favorite venue in the city. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful inside. And the acoustics are amazing. Like I've seen Nick Cave there, I think three times now. Mm-hmm. We saw somebody else there. Who did we see there? Not we saw Nick Cave, definitely, but then there was somebody else, and then at now Adamant. Yeah, I don't know who the other one was in between. Yeah, I forget. But, but I mean, it was absolutely amazing. I'm afraid to like the Beacon Theater as much as I do, because I feel like whenever I get attached to, you know, a like venue. A, a venue, it goes away. Well, here's hoping that it doesn't happen. So let's, before we get into, you know, the concert and and all that you know why don't you tell the listeners how this kid from long island go ahead say it because it's not that's not what you say this long island dirt bag is what i had written that because that's our inside that's what that's our inside joke because i'm a hillbilly and you're a long island dirt bag and that's why we work i win (laughs) so why don't you tell the kids how this long island dirt bag discovered this fabulous pirate punk from foggy London town. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not forget when I was a kid, it was the eighties. So, I mean, adamant was huge, like huge, huge in the eighties. And it's, it's weird that I even have to explain it now. Like, because I mean, he was doing these insane, like massive, like, you know, like O2 arena type shows like, and that was the norm for him. I mean, he, he was a humongous star. Yeah. Everything he was putting out was like hitting like, you know, top 10 list. It was ridiculous. Now, most people of course know him from goody two shoes. Of course. And you know, that was like, without a doubt, like the the biggest, that was his biggest hit, but there's so like, and I, I love that song because that is, I'm going to horn in just for a second, Yeah, 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 but that's the song that, I first heard of him because it would play on MTV, you know, and I'm old enough to remember when MTV launched. So I was like, you know, very young, but I remember seeing him just going like, it was so colorful, like the video for Goody Two Shoes. And he was dressed so like, I had never seen anything like that growing up in like Hicksville, you know? What, so they didn't like, have pirates we didn't have in the pi- middle no, of the woods? We didn't have pirates with face paint or anything like that. You know, which is, I think, maybe why that's why, like, I got into Poison because it was so interesting seeing as, like, a young kid because I got into Poison when I was, like, 10. So it was, like, these guys are wearing makeup and they're just, like, so, like, fabulous and glam. So it was, like, I was drawn to that because it was just so colorful and then the music was great. So I remember watching, like, Goody Two-Shoes' video and there were some other songs, but I don't remember what they were because, like, Goody Two-Shoes is kind of just... but not serious was probably, huge on MTV for a long time. Probably. I don't remember that because, like, when I think of that, I always just picture, like, the Goody Two-Shoes video. But... You know, I just remember being like, wow, like this is like a song. And I've known it ever since, you know, I've just always known all the words and stuff. So when I got to when you and I got together and you were like, he's my favorite artist. And, you know, you started having me listen to him and I just loved it. Like, he's amazing. His music is so good. He is. And and I feel like you got to see a good show this time. Yeah, like a we'll reminder of what it used to be like in the olden days when he used to come around. Yeah. The olden days back the olden in days. 1985. <laughs> but seven. how, so how did you discover, you know, Adamant? Um, actually, the track team in high school, like when I was in, I, I don't know, before seventh grade was rough because of the neighborhood that I lived right. in and stuff like that. And like, I really didn't, like, make any friends or anything like that until probably, you know, like, eighth grade is when I, like, started to just make friends because we okay. had moved and things right. had gotten, like, a little better. By ninth grade, I started getting a little more confident and was really actually out and amongst people. And um, one of the ways that happened was in eighth grade, before going into high school, we had this presidential fitness test that we had to do and part of it was <laughs> a half mile run do them i wonder they do they do i remember i've like failed mine miserably like i wouldn't oh. i didn't run and then i couldn't do like the pull-ups and they were like just get down because <laughs> i just like hung there 
Oh, God. Well, in our school, they made it so if you can hang for 60 seconds, it counts as one pull-up. And it was kind of like, well, all right, that's where that works. Well, screw my Catholic school even more then. You see, that's what you get from going to a godly place that follows the rules as opposed to like anarchist, like public school. (laughs) Well, I certainly wasn't there by choice. (laughs) I am sure you were. Okay, so you're doing this presidential fitness bullshit. Right. So I run a half mile fast and... The track coach from the high school said, hey, next year you're going to be coming to our school. So what do you think about joining a track team? To which I was like, I don't know anything about track, but I don't have any friends or I'm not doing anything. So I'll join it. So I joined the track team and became a superstar. I did, actually. I know. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of people did because there were so many different events. But I mean, our team was pretty dominant for like a long, long time. State champs all the way. State champs for all four years that I was there. But, um, bobble bobble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, I, don't, I don't mean anything by this, but <laughs> just did a Tyler. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, like the team's adopted song, and it was already in place by the time I was a freshman, was Stand and Deliver by Adam Ant. And so, like, would you play it before like races? Like, we would play it before practices. We would play it before races. We would play it during warmups. We would why? Play it during like, stretching. why was why was it stand and deliver? Like, you just I don't know because I, the seniors when I was a freshman are the ones who picked it out as their you anthem. Know, the, yeah. yeah, they're the ones who basically picked it, and um, it was weird because they were going to see him. Uh, at Radio City Music Hall. Oh, and that this was awesome. Man, this was back. Oh my God, what was it? It was probably eighty-seven, six, five, four, like eighty-three, eighty-four, maybe. And um, I was in ninth grade, and I the seniors seven. were like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, you weren't there. Definitely weren't there." <laughs> and the seniors were like, "We're going to take a trip into the city." And I'd never been to a concert before. And you know, and here I am, like in ninth grade, and you know. The seniors like, do you want to come? And I was like, hell yeah. So it wound up being that um, there was two other people. Uh, one was same age as me. Mm-hmm. Um, another one was a year older than me. And myself went with these seniors to go into the city to see Adam Ant play. Now, was that like, had you listened to anything beyond Stand and Deliver? All I knew was Stand and Deliver. So you time. went to the concert just based on the fact that this was like your the song was your a big song. deal, like it meant right. A lot. It I mean, meant a lot. It really yeah. hyped us up, and wow. And at the time, like I don't know what it was. Like I wasn't, I was into me. I was into the radio. I wasn't into like you know, like at the time, cassette tapes or vinyl. I mean, I had some vinyl. Right. And I had a couple of cassette tapes, but for the most part, you know. I just turn on the radio and listen to whatever I want sure, to listen yeah. to and do what everybody else did and just record songs when they came on the radio with, you know, the voiceovers like leading into the songs. Oh my God, stuff. I used to do that too. I used to love making tapes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was a big thing. Like you just sit there waiting for your favorite song. Like I remember doing homework and like that's the only memory I have of actually doing homework as like a young kid or like, you know, a preteen and a teen is just waiting for like my songs to come on the radio as I was doing my homework and then just like diving across the room to like hit record like I had it like all ready to go oh I loved that yeah so that was the norm so I mean I only knew is one song and they never played that song on the radio right and the seniors would only play like the one you know like just stand and deliver off of you know the Prince Charming uh album so, I mean, I never really got to know any of his stuff until the night of the show. And then as the show was playing, I'm like, man, I don't know how. It's kind of like how we talk about music, where it's like, how does NWA make it to, like, northeastern Pennsylvania? It's like, it's it, it just, just finds its way. Sense. Yeah, Somehow yeah. it just bleeds into the system, and then it's there, and then the kids are into it. But like you're somebody like, hears, like, somebody knows somebody who's like, check this out, or, like, you just... Yeah. See something, yeah. But it's, it's, you're never going to hear it on the radio. Like, yeah. you know, especially in your area, you would never hear an NWA song on the radio. <laughs> so, Nay. Nay. <laughs> interfere with all that country music. <laughs> so, um... It was classic rock. Okay. Well, everything is classic. It's still classic rock. It's the same songs they've been playing. What is it now? Does it <laughs> change names sucked? at some point? It's like the stuff, like, I remember, like, it wasn't so long ago, like, I remember when I heard, like, 
that home of rock and roll you know we both have like a huge station that was like the home of rock and roll for our respective areas mine was the real one though oh yeah be, be, <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt like that's like one of my favorite things about like i love your parents i love going to long island but like when it like when you hit that certain exit and we can get wbab god damn like it's <laughs> it's awesome but um Oh, fuck, I BAB is my time capsule. Like, I seriously, like, when we go out to Long Island and I put, like, WBAB on the dial, I feel like, oh, look at this. Everything is as exactly. it was <laughs> in 1987 and when I left. everything is as it should be. Oh, yeah. Because, like, I remember, like, listening to, like, my hometown rock and roll station, and they were like, and here's some classic rock from Bon Jovi. And I was just like, wait, what? Like, <sighs> and I was, like, in my mid-20s, and I was like, you're telling me that, like, the shit that I used to listen to as a teenager is now classic rock? Like, what the fuck? Like, what is this? Tell me about it. That's <laughs> what happens. You know you're old when you're flipping through the channels, and you stop more at VH1 than you do MTV. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. And, and I you're like, oh, never listen to VH1. I remember VH1 that, blows. Yeah. And now I'm looking at it once in a while, and, and I'm like, oh, what? And I was so upset when MTV switched, when VH1 Classic switched to MTV Classic. Yeah. Yeah. But they do have some good shit. It's they almost do. the same. It technically is. Thing, they're the same company, but, but like it's just it's just a little different. Yeah, I'm just glad there's no TV shows on it. To be honest with yeah, you, yeah, that's I'll take what's the music good. over the shows. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, okay, All so right. so here we are. We're at Radio City. Radio it's City Musical. Eighty three, eighty four. Eighty three, eighty four. Ninth grade. Drink with these seniors. Partied with these seniors, did everything that my mom said don't do. Like I, it did. was cool that she let you go to the show though. Because, yeah, well, I mean, you know, I was like unchained for a while. It was like, oh my god, <laughs> it's my first time out of the house, and I'm with older kids, and they're drinking, and we're going to a show. And we're in Manhattan, in and, then, and we're in New York City. Yeah, so it was like this is the coolest thing in the world, and then. And then seeing he him on stage, out on stage. No, no joke, man, no joke. Like him coming out on stage, like what was he wearing? He was in the regular. I remember he was wearing like black leather pants, and he had like one of his signature pirate jackets <gasps> on with the gold trim all over it. And I'm trying to remember if he- I do not think that he wore a hat in the very first show that I saw him in. I think he- that's a pity. No, not really though, because he had like these cool like braids with like feathers in oh, them and I stuff like those, that. Yeah. So, I mean, he still looked pretty kick ass. He's and very sexy. Like, he is very sexy. He was a lot more sexy in 83 than he is in 2017. But, I mean, he was also <laughs> but he still got it, 30 though. years I old. I mean, he's so so is everyone. I was a hell right. of a lot sexier 30 years ago than I am now. We can all take a look back. At 10 years of age. <laughs> I was sure a sexy 10-year-old. <laughs> you sure are a hot 7-year-old. But, uh... Well, that's about our age difference, so... It always is. <laughs> But he came out and just, I was blown away performance-wise because, I mean, he put on just a, just an incredible energetic show. Like, it was so full of energy. Yeah. And after that show, I went home and I thought every concert from here on out was gonna be is like going to be that. And nothing ever wound up being like that. Nothing. I mean, the only, there's so few bands that like I could talk about and say like they are up there with and nothing can ever surpass like this bubble and like it's hard to say if one is even better than the other right but I mean you know Adamant Foo, Fight- Foo Fighters Goddamn, um Pink Floyd like the real Pink Floyd the real Pink Floyd and uh what the hell is the other one? Paul and McCartney. Was, and Paul McCartney. Some guy named Paul McCartney. Paul, Paul McCartney, yes. And I mean, and I can't pick one of those out of like who's my favorite because right. they all mean something different. But it's weird that Adamant is still in that group to this day because, you know, it's kind of like Pink Floyd and Paul McCartney. I mean, they have like this crazy, insane history. Foo Fighters, I mean, you know, they, they just, gave came birth of you know Nirvana. I mean, like, and they have like melt your fucking face off. They do, and like seriously, I have. I think like there's one song of theirs where I'm like going, eh. What song? Hero. Yeah, yeah. Like Hero's the only song where I'm like, eh. But everything else, I'm like going, no man. I I I won't even turn it off though. Adamant, I will listen to every one of his songs always. And 
unlike the other guys who just stayed touring like forever or retired completely, uh-huh. he went away for like 20, 20 years, years yeah. and then came out of retirement. And then all of a sudden, like, yeah, like back in like 24, like when was it? Like 2016, right? No, no, like 13, like 2013, because we were still in our old apartment. So it yes. had to be 2013. Yeah. So he like after he did like wonderful, like back in like 95, he just like fell off the face of the planet. Well, he had a breakdown. Right. Too, so. Right. So then, like, he came back, and we had gotten word that he was, like, coming to America in 2013, and he played at the Irving, and it was my first time seeing him, obviously, because, you know, right. I was too young when he was popular, and then he disappeared when I was, like, of concert-going age. So we go to, like, Irving Plaza, and we bought, he was there for two nights, you and I went the first night ourselves, mm-hmm. and then the, th- the second night, we took Tyler Durden with us, Yep, and... It was just like, holy shit. Like, it was amazing. But he was like, he was in the pirate outfit slightly. Like, you know, it wasn't as flamboyant. Like, he had the hat on and stuff like that. But, like, he didn't move around a lot. Like, he was just, he was kind of like testing the waters to see, like, do people want to see me? And it was a very, very short tour. Yes. I think it was like maybe eight U.S. shows or yeah. something like that. Yeah. It was very, very and small. And he had just released um, the Blue Black Hussar, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the uh, name? Well, I think it was before that got But got, he was torn like in support of that. Right. So, and then that came out like a little bit later. And then he came around again for that tour, you know, yeah, separately. But um, yeah, when he came back out that first show, though, it was weird because he didn't look anything like his former self no he was kind of like all. he was a little bit heavier he was just he was very kind of just sedentary on the stage like he'd do like a little like Maybe a turn. yeah like a sh- like he would do like a thing and like everybody would go fucking nuts you know and then like but he was just and it was very dark like it was really yeah. really dark like he kept it very very dark there was like hardly any photography allowed because he was just coming out of this like seclusion that he had been in for 20 years yeah and we had photo passes to that show and seriously like i think that night i took over 500 shots and one of them was okay yeah it was really hard like to to photograph because it was so bad because the lighting was so bad right yeah the lighting because he stayed he literally there was no spotlights on him yeah he would have the spotlights on the band whatever reflected off them for the most part is what lit him yeah he was just like lit in like blue and purple yeah and he just stayed you know stayed in the shadows but you know we might not have been able to see him completely in his you know stage persona or anything like that but what happened afterward what happened afterward is well not that show but it was a show this next night night. it was the next night yeah yeah um we were getting ready to leave and i was like let's just stand here for a few minutes see if we can get an autograph and of course you know you want an autograph you give the thing you want signed to tyler durden because she was just a little tiny peanut back then. right so they're like oh look at this cute girl so they stop and they like signed a poster and he for was, us and, and you it's like but ugh. that's not exactly how it went down. how did it go down <laughs> you were kind of like me the first time i met brett michaels when i was like in the height of my passion for brett michaels like i was very like oh my god like shaky and like bleary-eyed and whatnot and you were just like i can't like, I can't do it. And, like, you just, like, stood there. And, like, you, I'd never seen you like that before. But you just went, like, completely, like, stone. Like, you just just froze up. And you just handed the poster. Because we had bought a poster. Or we got it. We got a poster. Yeah, we they, like, it. were handing yeah. them out. Yeah. So we were, like, lucky. Like, they just were giving out, like, just a couple hundred. Like, not even a couple hundred. Like, it was just, yeah, like. I think it was just, like, like there was, like, 20 or 30 or, or something like that. And they're, like, oh, here, you want this? And we got, we ended up getting the poster signed. And it's now framed in our hallway. It was the first of our gallery hallway pieces to be hung. Yeah, it was. And you just like handed it to Tyler and you're like, Tyler, I can't do it. And you and then you were like, you've got to get a picture. So I was in charge of the camera, which is so ironic now because the next year is when Tyler like entered into photography. So yeah. it was like so funny that like you were like, Tyler, make him sign this. And he did. And we were like standing like three feet away from him. Yeah. And it was mind blowing because I mean, for years and so much different like seeing him at like Irving Plaza as compared to Radio City Music Hall because you know like in the photo pit you're like again you're like 
pretty much on the stage with them right like, like for the most part it's closer like than anybody else holy yeah. crap man like i am like this close but so, you can't talk to him you can't see him to get something signed by him i mean holy crap that and was he just didn't like even like speak like he didn't speak to anybody nope, like he, he was very yeah he was just like he just like put this like, pl- like he kind of plastered like a smile on his face but you could tell that he like he wasn't being a dick like he was just very like nervous yes he's he definitely Very has shy. social issues yeah. um and anxiety and stuff so but it was awesome that like he signed that especially for like you know and people were like freaking out all around him oh yeah but it was just like really cool that you were able to do that so you only this that irving plaza show was the second time you saw him oh no 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 you've seen him no, before no, 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 no. okay yeah, 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 yeah. Like, how I'm many saying, you know back back years yeah, ago yeah. after i saw him the first time Oh boy, um, I think. Oh boy, I'm trying to think. Cause I think the first time I saw him was on the Friend of Foes tour, and I think I Enough saw him, um one time for that tour. I think I I was trying to think about it the other night when we were at the show. I think I saw him maybe like um, three times for Strip. I think maybe mm. like three times for Apollo Nine. Um, God damn! I think I saw him. Tw- maybe once or twice for wonderful and then i saw him twice for you know when blue black yeah. when he came back and then i think we had tickets to go see him last year which we no actually no it was this year we had tickets to see him this february February, and that's when you started falling to pieces yeah (laughs) so literally like really started (laughs) literally started to fall to pieces (laughs) so there was you know it sucks we had tickets and everything and the day of the show was the day I was leaving the hospital, I think. Yeah. And it was like, shit, I can't go to this show. And you were like, I want, and you even said, Let, like, let's just go, let's just go from the hospital to the show. And I was just like, babe, there's no way. <laughs> and it was like, and thank God, because you just like, look, and you look so relieved. I, because it's hard, man. It's kind of like, it here's is, your yeah. childhood idol, kind of like not having an idol for the most part. And he and had, and we didn't know and... if he was going to come back around because it had been so many, it's, it's been four years since he's toured. Yeah. So, and he was doing like a lot of stuff in England and everything. So we were like, okay, well, you know, he has to come stateside. Like he has such a huge fan base here. So we were just like, okay, great. And then, you know, and it was so like, it broke my heart to like, see that you couldn't go to that. It killed me not to be able yeah. to go to that. But, but then this came around and we got the tickets. And even even the night of the show this week, I, I was telling you, like, when we met up there, I was even considering, like, man, I don't I don't know if I even have the energy to make it through a whole show. And if it was at Webster Hall, there's no way I would have made it through. Yeah. There's no way. We had way. seats, so, right. you know, and it was good that we had seats. Right, because Webster Hall doesn't. It was yeah. standing room only. I would not have made it through a standing no. show. Absolutely not. Because, I mean, I don't feel like, I mean, I stood up for as many songs as I could. But at the end of the show, I was dead no. at the end of the show. And, like, you were, we actually started, like, walking up the aisle after the show because, like, it, re- it started to clear out. And they were starting to, like, clear the, str- like, the straggler, scraggler, how do you say it? Stragglers. Is that the word? Yeah. It doesn't sound right to me. It is. <laughs> so, like, they started to clear those people out. Yeah. And then we started walking up the aisle to, like, leave. And all of a sudden, and I'm like, all of a sudden, like, I see you, like, starting to teeter. And then, like, we sat down, like, halfway back. And they like kicked us out and we're just like, I know, I know, like it just needs a minute. And it was like, and I remember thinking like, I wonder if people are thinking like he's drunk or something because like the way that you were and like you were so shaky and you were kind of just like out of it, but it was just like, it's so much like it's, it's, it was exhausting for you. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot, but it was well worth it it to be in the third row. Oh my God. And it was the Anthems tour. So it was like every single song that he played you knew yeah and when we first started this podcast um one of our first shows was about how much we hate Ticketmaster because we got like royally fucked with my nick cave vip that you Did paid we? a pretty pretty penny for yeah, well. and we like got screwed out of just like this experience that was not a, a vip experience and i know it soured you on like nick cave a little bit but it was more of a Ticketmaster thing than it was uh, yeah, no no nick definitely cave. more of a ticket but thing. this was like such a vip experience like this was so crazy and like and it started where like they sent us the tickets and then like something happened because our mail sucks here in harlem yeah, it does. and 
it kept getting returned. So like our tickets kept getting returned. So finally we decided like we were just going to print them out. Like I talked to the person at Ticketmaster and I was just like, okay, like let's, uh, we'll just do it. Like I really wanted like real tickets because I love them because I have a ticket book that I've been keeping since 1991. And I love like having those real tickets, but it's like, no, like this is bullshit because twice they got returned by the mail person because they're, he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. So after that, I and I had said, you know, like, well, what happens with this VIP experience? Because, like, we were very skeptical of, like, this actually happening. And the guy's like, a couple weeks before the show, you're going to get an email. And then, like, it's going to start giving you instructions. Sure as shit, like, two weeks before the show, it was like, hey, what kind of T-shirts do you, what size T-shirts do you want? And then we got, like, the night before the show, it was like, okay, tomorrow's the show. Here's all the information that you need. And it was like, go in the doors and then find the VIP table. And then you're going to get your swag. And the swag included T-shirts from mm-hmm. this tour, which was, like, his anthems tour, which was, like, the hits and everything, which was fabulous. <laughs> and I, I'm just, the only thing that I'm, like, upset about is that he didn't play Whip in My Release because that is, I believe, my favorite song. But it's not a hit, It's though. not a hit, but it's such a good song. It's a great it's song. such a goddamn It's good a fan song. song. It's a it's sexy not a, song. It's not a radio song. Think of it like that. Like, every song that I you know, heard that I, night is was radio hit. I know, much. I know, I know. But, so, it, it got us a T-shirt, and then it got us both a signed ticket a button set, a bandana, and a signed poster that came in. I said signed poster twice, didn't I? You might I have, I but it's it. worth saying twice. It is worth we like did a get two signed of them, poster so. that was fantastic. And everything was inside this tote bag that was like with the tour and it had his picture on it and everything. And it was like super cool. And it was just like, holy shit. And like we just went in, stood in line. They hand, They were like, okay, what's your name? They saw this and boom, and it was just like in five minutes the transaction was complete, and they were just like have an awesome time. Yeah, and it was like what it was the is best this? VIP. It experience. was such a cool experience. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, man, I used to put on VIP experiences when I worked at the casino. Yeah. And I mean, I know they're a pain in the ass because I mean everybody tries to sneak into the VIP yeah. line in order to you know get whatever they can right of before course. They and go I've in. done it a thousand of times. Course. Yeah. So I mean, I get it. It's pain. Nobody wants to be you know, dealing with people who are trying to rip them off and shit. But I mean, seriously, this one, man, the smoothest, man. Beacon has got it down to a science. Yeah, it was, it's such a great venue. Like, it's such a really, really, really cool venue. And And he was amazing. Well, that's it. That's the other thing I was going to say is since the last time we saw him, which has now been like, what, three, four years Mm -hmm. now, he's lost Pro- at least I would, 50 pounds. I was going to say maybe even close to 100 pounds. Maybe. No, maybe no. 70, possibly. He lost a lot of weight. But it's not so much the weight that he lost as much as it is as the confidence, confidence he got he back. Yeah, because absolutely. there was dancing. There was him coming to the front of the stage. It was him, like, holding a mic out for people to sing into it. And None like, of that happened no, the first time no. around. And, like, last time he – like, I remember because I reviewed it for a music blog that I was, like, freelancing for at the time. And I remember that it was, like, nine songs deep before he even addressed the audience. This time it was about four, which is a normal amount because, like, right. they're getting into the groove and then, like, they're just kind of flowing with the vibe and, like, the audience is settling down to listen as opposed to just screaming because their favorite artist is on stage. And I was like, because that's, like, I can't go to a show and not analytically think about it. Like, <sighs> I lose my mind and everything, but, like, I'm still just like, how would I describe this to a reader? Because that's just how I'm conditioned when I attend concerts. But it's like... Okay, one, two, three. And I remember just like thinking it was like four songs, I think four or five songs deep, as opposed to like nine or 10 when we saw him at Irving. Right. So it was like he's definitely more confident on stage. He's more comfortable. And I think that he enjoys it. Like I think you could tell that he missed. It he was missed a long the stage. Road back. Yeah, it was. But I mean, in all interviews that he has done, like he constantly says, you know, it burnt him out because yeah. he was doing, like he was doing live aid and like. Shows of that magnitude, that was just like a normal show yeah. for him. And he was doing these huge events, and you know, every time it would, he'd put out an album, it'd be a tour. The tour would end within like you know six months. Another album would come out, another tour would come out. So it would never stop. The yeah. cycle just kept on going, and it really did damage to a lot of his bands over the years because a lot of the people who played with him, who were great over the years, 
were just like, man, I don't want to just do this yeah. with my life. If we're going to be successful and make money, I want to be able to have a family, a house, be able right. to stay at home. Because that's like the beauty of reaching that level is that you have the money to take the time off when you want, yep. to make the music that you want, and take your time making it. But it's, I mean, it's a grueling schedule. Like, and I'm oh, not yeah. any, like, I remember when I had to travel for work. And I was like, <sighs> once, like, every couple weeks, I would be like jetting off to like some bullshit town in America. Like bullshit town, like Vegas and Orlando. Yeah. I mean, Orlando was Some bullshit. bullshit down, Texas. <laughs> Orlando sucked. Tal- Dallas sucked. Like, but whatever. But it was like, it was rough. Like, traveling is horrible. So like, and that was just me like carting my stupid little suitcase behind me. And For then like two going, nights a month. going to sit in a conference. Like, it right. was exhausting. Like, being in that mental thing. Imagine, like, not only doing that, but then like, performing on stage night after night just like physically just depleting yourself like fuck that man and then afterwards getting in a bus and driving somewhere right. so you could do it yeah. again the next night like I mean like I, I think it would be awesome to be a fucking rock star like if I was going to be a rock star I'd want to be Dave Grohl because he is the coolest motherfucker on the planet see I don't know if I'd want to be a rock star I think I'd want to be like a rock manager Really? Yeah, because you, you can like go to whatever you can you go like, whatever shows you want to go bossy. to. <laughs> That's how shit gets done, lady. But I can go and <laughs> I mean, I like the idea of being able to go to whatever shows I want to go to, and then like being like, "All right, look, man, you're going to Boise. I'm not going to Boise. <laughs> like, have a good time at the show. I take care of everything back here. I'll make sure your checks get deposited." <laughs> Like, I don't mind that so much, that aspect of it. I would want to be like, like, I would want to be Dave Grohl, like, just for a day, just to fucking you be You couldn't do his that schedule cool. for like, a day. Like, to be There's that no fucking way. cool. He is the coolest person ever. Dude is in a hospital bed on morphine, which you know is one oh, of the I greatest love. drugs in the world. And he's designing his wheelchair so he can continue his tour. <laughs> And there's With no a way a straight leg. man could have done that. Like, you had to have been on some kind of drug to create that <laughs> because, you know, insane to think otherwise. But, um, so yeah, so that was just like the review of our show. I mean, seriously, Absolutely. it was an unbelievable show. And I thought I saw today that there is some chattering of him coming back yet again awesome sauce so within the next year so we'll be there again well, yeah there's no doubt like we don't miss that show unless mm-hmm. you know we're in the hospital but exactly. besides that, god forbid knock well, wood i think we've i think we've passed our well yeah okay <laughs> so with that said and with the hospital in mind <laughs> why don't we just go and roll into a roly poly roly let's roll all right roly poly roly so roly-poly not so wait no not yeah. so roly-poly rorty well it's still the name of the segment <laughs> it doesn't really make a difference not so roly-poly rorty yeah oh my god what's the haps you have a new little contraption that you want to talk about too man so man you know this pots thing is just freaking killing me at this point in time it can go to pots is what you're saying it it can go to pots Uh, i mean you know it's just i feel like everything is just like mounting like it's just everything is mounting and it's weird because with pots comes depression which is which is why it was misdiagnosed it's been misdiagnosed for so many people yeah because i I mean even today i mean i was looking at like one of the groups and i actually showed my doctor because i had a doctor's appointment today and i was like look look at this and i showed on my facebook page and this woman wrote and she said she was infuriated because she went to her doctor and her doctor said it's pots isn't a real disease it's more of a mental disorder it's all in your head there's nothing physically wrong with you and i was Bullshit. like is this what people are saying like about this i'm like cause what is this where was she from like is this like some podunk backwoods doctor detroit she was like in the Detroit area. So Well, Detroit's like Yeah, I know, but I mean it's still like city ish. I mean, I don't know ish. what it's like now, but I mean, you know you know, she but went and, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and she was like she was like, No, she goes, It's definitely something that's, you know, on the radar now. She goes and says, you know, to be honest with you, she goes, I didn't know a lot about it. She goes, Because, you know, you need to get heart tests and brain tests in order to get a proper diagnosis. And most of the times, you know, most doctors will test for one or the other because 
there's not a lot of things that affect both sure, in this yeah. way. So basically, um, I was like, all right. And I'm like, oh, but I can't believe like other doctors are discrediting it. And she goes, just give it time. That's Especially the way things start. And- when you Google it, one of the first things that comes up is Mayo Clinic. Oh, yeah. So it's like, I'm sorry, but the leading facility of medicine. Yeah is leading the charge on this. So shut the fuck up and pay attention to what the big boys are doing. Yeah. Biatch. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Mayo Clinic, they actually, you know, set me up with an exercise regimen that we've been talking about the last few weeks, mm-hmm. which has been a struggle has to been. say the least. It has been. And it's been so. a struggle trying to get you to do it, and but I see you and I understand why. Right. If I do if I did like, you know, the 11 or 12 minutes they wanted me to do, the next one to two days would be like literally in bed. Right. Like, it, like I wouldn't be able to get up out of bed right. otherwise. But in addition, they suggested what? They suggested an under the desk bicycle. So I did research like I always do. Research, Nerd alert. Absolutely. And I bought an electric mini exercise bike by Confidence Fitness. <laughs> Um, from walmart.com, I think it was 79 bucks. It's a plug-in, so no batteries, which I love. I don't have to worry about, like, you know, f- scrounging for batteries. See, I, like didn't even think, like, I didn't think that it was going to be even a plug-in or battery-operated thing. I thought it was just going to be, like, a pedal dock, you know, like a bicycle pedal-like yeah. thing, and then, like, you just pedal it yourself, but... This one is unique because it... You can put different settings on, so you can do it like different resistances, different speeds. Um, Can you do hills and stuff like that? I believe you can. I haven't read all the instructions yet. Because it's not your thing. Because it's not my thing, but I figured out like, you know, (laughs) there's different programs, and I I figured out the program that I like right now. It's for a half an hour. A half an hour. And you could do it right from your couch. From the couch. I prop pillows up on either side of me, and then if I start to feel dizzy and I'm going to fall over, what am I going to fall yeah, into? A pile like, of pillows. I'm yeah. sitting on the couch already. It don't exactly. matter. So I told my doctor about it. She thinks it was a great idea. I said, I can't take credit for it. The Mayo Clinic's the one who actually did it. But I mean, this bike, man, it's awesome because you pedal forward for a minute and then it slows down and stops and then you pedal backwards for a minute. Mm-hmm. So it's working, you know, the front and back muscles right. of your legs. And then you can put it on a table and work your arms on it. And I know that there's like so many other models out there, but this one is just, I don't know, man. It's impressive for it the really price is, of it. Yeah. And I it's mean, not so big, you know, especially like living in like a New York City apartment. You know, you, we don't have a lot of extra space to put things. Right. But this is just like, it's not in the way. It's just, you yeah. know, it, and it seems like, you know, you come, I come home and you're just like, oh, yeah, I did like half an hour on the bike today, which is. And I would come home and I'd give you shit because I'm like, you're not doing your 11 minutes. Yep. And the 11 minutes were hard because the other problem with the 11 minutes was it was all stand-up exercises. So right. when I would get dizzy, it would be like, well, where do I land? Right. So, I mean, there right. was anxiety attached to it. Of course. And, like, those exercises were, like, calf raises and, like, basically, like, the sitting like squats. squats. yeah. Like, where you pretend that you're sitting in a chair and then, like, you come back up. Right. So, I mean, obviously, like, that's doing something that's different but this that you could do you know sitting down and then like you know you and I are gonna walk and things like that so like we knew that like you know the, the night of the concert like we had to walk to the venue from the cab and <sighs> still paying stuff for that. like that yeah so I mean I I feel better you know I still want you to get outside more because I think that just fresh air is so much more beneficial yeah like than you are realizing but I like that this is something that you're doing and like you're not doing it for 11 minutes. You're doing it for half an hour and we don't have to worry about you passing out and falling on the ground because you're already sitting. So. Right. Well, that anxiety don't come with the workout. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's it's not like, can I do the workout? It's like, am I going to fall during the workout and get hurt? Well, here, that's not even a thought. So I put on a TV show. I get on this thing, you know, I'm just sitting and on the couch working, and I'm just yeah. doing it. And the fact that it's a plug-in, the cool thing is, is that even if you stop pedaling, the pedals will keep going. So it kind of will just, if you start to get tired, it'll just keep moving right. your legs and it just keeps the blood circulating. So, I mean. And then you just set your Apple Watch and say that you're riding a bike, right? Is that's that what it. you've been doing? Yeah. 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 So it knows to like track your leg movements instead of yep. like your arm or whatever. Right. So that's so, awesome. Yeah. Good. So, I mean, you know, that's pretty much this week's Roly Poly Roly. I just wanted to give anybody out there who is, 
You know, I mean, look, if you got an office job, I mean, I know a girl at work who used to have like one of these um, under the desk bikes and stuff like that. She'd use it all the time. Yeah, I remember you saying that she always used to use it. Definitely a worthwhile investment. And I mean, you know, there's so many different prices ones. Mm -hmm. But seriously, I mean, I could have bought another one for 40 bucks that had good reviews. This one had better reviews. And it, like I said, it was 79 But for the extra like... 40 bucks i mean it's a world of difference it's an awesome awesome well put together machine and it's still under a hundred dollars and you've probably wasted a hell of a lot more on a shitty exercise thing than this you know what i mean easily yeah so so that's it there's my there's my roly-poly roadie tip of the week there you go ah Well, I think that wraps up this week's show now, doesn't it? Well, that went pretty smooth, all things considered. Of course it did. We talked about Adam Ant and Brie Olson and Dave Grohl, so I was happy. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everybody, if you would like to talk to us about your big crush, I feel like this is the Valentine's Day episode, (laughs) write to us at highregardshow at gmail.com. And you can always check out our website at highregardshow.com. And you can follow us on social media where we share some funny shit that we say in our, you know, when when we're off the air and we share quotes from uh-huh. this show. Like, hilar- the hilarity ensues after the show it on just, social media. It never ends. It never stops. It never, never it does. Never, we, we never give up. No. <laughs> but you can follow us on social media and, you know, follow the fun at High Regard Show on all major social media outlets. And it looks like that'll do it for us for the week, everybody. Hope you have a great week. And we'll see you back here again next week. And I'm going to go get my whip out of my valise. Oh, my. Good night. Sounds like a bunch of mumbo-jumbo trash to me.